0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today we're talking about season nine, episode nine, the following
1: options. Mary, what happened this week?
2: David asks Samantha Sanders for an interview on his radio show, and she declines under the assumption Steve told all his friends she's gay. But then she finds out Steve didn't tell any of his friends she's gay and thinks he's ashamed of her, especially after Janet answers the phone looking so cute and comfy in her matching sweat set, and Steve tells the reporter on the other end of the line that he's adopted. Kelly goes against her grandfather's wishes when he contracts pneumonia and struggles to breathe on his own. She gives his attractive yet nameless doctor permission to intubate him to save his life. Yes, that doctor does look like Harvey from Stardew Valley without glasses. Thank you for noticing. When Kelly wavers over whether she made the right choice, she judges Matt, not Mark, for considering working with an old lawyer buddy who represents a tobacco company and happens to be at the hospital interviewing a lung cancer patient. Donna takes pity on Sonia, a girl who can't afford a dress for her 15th birthday party, and makes a deal so she can pay her later. Unfortunately, Sonia is also a reluctant member of a girl gang who backs her up when she returns and damages the dress and tells Donna she won't be paying for it. However, Sonia has a conscience and Donna. Oh my god, Donna. (laughs) However, Sonia has a conscience and Donna allows her to work at the store to work off what she owes for the dress. Noah remains blissfully unaware of Gina's attempts to steal him from Donna. Dylan, however, can see what's up and advises her to stop that. Then he saves her from a drunk asshole at the pee pad bar, so Gina starts following him around like a little duck instead of Noah. Dylan also fixes his Porsche, only to have it immediately re-damaged by that previously mentioned drunk asshole. Then he proceeds to burn the cash he gets for selling it, and accidentally buys heroin with the least burned bills.
1: Accidentally buys heroin.
0: But, like, was it? (laughs) Was it an accident?
1: (laughs) Also, I really am gonna need a photoshopped like literally just Harvey with the little speech bubble saying, this is the doctor.
0: Oh my God. I couldn't decide if it was, this is the doctor or this is a doctor.
1: (laughs) I wish it was. This is a doctor.
0: (laughs) It was my favorite part of the
1: episode. (laughs) I mean, I do think that this episode peaked in the cold open.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Like it was actually a really strong cold open. Like for a couple of reasons and they are they could not be more different <laughs> like true
2: I y'all mean, I'm like, terrified I forgot to unmute when I was reading all of my shit no. I don't know if I can check that
1: no I think you were I think you were on because I saw yeah. I saw because like I, I was just mute unmue- Like, okay just
2: talking. okay so I like oh fuck.
1: Hold on. I'm going to mute you and then keep talking and we'll see if you get squiggles. Okay, yeah, there's no squiggles yeah. if you're muted. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something okay. I said was muted, though,
2: because, like, I just unmuted when I said, y'all, I think I fucking was muted when I read all
1: my shit. Oh. We're going to have to figure out what it was because I have no idea. If, Fuck. I, I guess it'll be when I edit and then there's just dead space. Like, and then, Well, I think reactions. I found it.
2: <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not on my shit today.
1: Okay. No, it's fine. You know what's not on their shit is this. Not this episode, the next one. We'll get there. Yeah. I'll cut that out. But no, I think, I think we can figure this out. Okay, I want to say, was it you, Mary, that said, how
0: often do we get the quote of the week so early in the episode? Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Is it possible? This might be too hard, but is it possible for Mary to say that right now <laughs> and then Ariel clip it back? <laughs>
1: I, I can try. I mean, I have <laughs> moderate skills.
2: How often do we get a quote of the week this early in the episode? <laughs>
1: Oh, I love the emphasis, right?
2: <laughs> uh, how early can I fuck up this recording? <laughs> do you want me to, like, reread the synopsis at the end just in
1: case? <sighs> maybe. Okay. I
2: have God, every... this is my
1: nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, have every intention of getting ahead of things and start editing on a higher frequency. So maybe I'll remember to do that before the day before this episode comes out. But, okay. So, first of all, in this cold open, I think it's adorable that Steve and David went to Samantha's, like, rehearsals and mm-hmm. to watch them and to hang out in her dressing room. I feel like every time I listen to, specifically PodMe's World, and they're talking about Boy Meets World rehearsals and stuff, they would talk about how their friends came to see them and how they did yeah. things. So. Absolutely adorable that like David loved the Hartley house growing up and now he's friends with Steve and gets to go see mm-hmm. Mama Hartley go do things.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was really cute. And you know, it was kind of funny that they were just like talking to her about the script and and all of that. And then of course, it's like goes to shit so fast, right? It it just it seems so innocent and so like normal. Because David's all excited. He wants to know if he can interview her for his radio show. And she's like, well, I don't know. I'm not really a rock music kind of person or rock and roll or something like that. And he goes, oh, no, no, it's more alternative. (laughs) And to be clear and to be fair, I also thought he was making a suggestion. Like, when he said alternative, I was like, oh, he just wants to have her on because she's gay. So I thought the same thing Samantha did.
1: (laughs) Well, And then I went through this whiplash because of it Mm -hmm. because he says that and she's like, no, I'm not interested in being the spokesperson for the gay lifestyle. And then you see his face and I was like, oh, Steve didn't like out her to his friends right? and like let her, you know, do things on her own, you know, privately come out to her family, make her decisions. But then you find out she gave Steve permission to talk about this, which Mm -hmm. is adorable. And I think the right move as a parent is to like give your kid the multiple outlets. Yeah. But – it becomes pretty clear that Samantha feels that Steve is ashamed of her. And all I could think of with the alternative thing was that David was going to interview her in the middle of the night and be like, here is Mrs. Hartley at 11 PM in this club. Mm -hmm. Alternative.
0: (laughs) It it does also seem like Steve is ashamed though.
1: Absolutely. Like, when Samantha showed up and told him to aim higher, I yeah. think she meant it in all aspects of his life. Because Oh, for sure. He's just not a chill dude.
0: Well, and we knew, like, as soon as this happened last episode, we knew that there was going to be a bad falling out or just some sort of bad fallout from the declaration and from the statement. And so, of course, this has to happen to steve's storyline right because we know Mm -hmm. exactly how he's going to react we know it it will not be a good reaction and i I mean i'm a little surprised that there is immediate reaction but you know because sometimes we get these things and then we just never hear about it again Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: at the same time like we knew what was coming
1: yeah so then we cut over to Now wear this, which Kelly says the name of the store and I tried to write down how the emphasis goes, but I can't do it. I just want to be like, now wear this.
0: (laughs) Now wear this.
1: (laughs) Now wear this. Yeah. (laughs) But we start to really establish that it's Christmas. Matt is being super creepy, in my opinion, Mm -hmm, just sitting on mm -hmm. stairs smoking cigarettes and staring into the store. Yep. But... He invites Kelly to go out on a date, maybe go see some Christmas lights. You know, we're still in the whole, like, Matt, Kelly, Dylan triangle. Yeah. But (laughs) Jackie is calling, and so that's when Kelly picks up the phone, says the name of the store, and it turns out that Grandpa has pneumonia, and the options are to intubate him and put him on a breathing tube or basically just give him morphine and help him manage the pain until he gets to pass on, which is – his preference but Mm -hmm. he's currently incapacitated and can't make the decision so kelly has to
0: yeah and and at first kelly's like really standing firm on the whole like no life-saving measures thing and jackie obviously is like just yelling at her like no we have to save them and then it is the absolute best moment of the entire episode when a doctor comes on and he picks up the phone and says hello this is the doctor
1: (laughs) Dr. Smith, that's all we needed. Give him a last name of like Smith, Jones, Peterson. I don't know. It is hilarious to me that they weren't even like, sir, what is your first name? Would you like it on the show?
0: Right. And the fact that they did that and like, so that kind of took me out of the moment a little bit because I was dying laughing. But then eventually Kelly just basically changes her mind. And it's like do them – do what tells them to do whatever it takes to save him. And I was a little surprised by that.
1: I – so here's the thing. When Kelly was doing her traditional Kelly thing of giving Jackie grief for not following her grandfather's wishes and then it immediately comes on her, I kind of knew this was going to come. And I like that it's happening this way where Jackie still isn't ready to accept what's happening and is pressuring her. I mean Mm – there's literally a point where I wrote in my notes, Jackie yells, he needs air. And I think that's a direct yeah. quote of Jackie yeah. just yelling at her daughter. So yeah. I can really see that this is happening and it sucks for Kelly.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it it's so hard because she's really having to parent her parent right mm-hmm. here and throughout this whole thing. And it's like her mom clearly cannot escape whatever – you know, part of herself is being triggered here by seeing her dad, you know, under this kind of stress, you know, medically and all that kind of stuff. So it is a lot for a 23, 24-year-old to deal with.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is one of those times where it's not the point of this, so it's fine that it's not here, but it drives me kind of bananas that David is, for all intents and purposes, Kelly's brother still like Mm -hmm. Mel and Jackie are together. They may not be married, but they're together Mm -hmm. and you never see them talking about family with each other. Kelly is not going to him being like, Hey, you know, your step-grandfather who's been to all of our Christmases, he's really sick and I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. It seems like he doesn't know like at all.
1: It seems like nobody cares. We never see Mel. We never see Mm -hmm. David interacting in this story. It's just Jackie yelling at Kelly and being You know, like you said, she's having to parent the parent. It's not a good relationship. And I feel like if Mel was there, he'd be like, you can't do this.
0: Right, right. Exactly.
1: And then for the first time in weeks, we get to the credits and there are no changes.
0: I know. I purposely watched the credits just to make sure because it had been so many changes. And yeah,
1: just the same. Yeah, even Luke Perry is still listed as special guest star, even though he's in the credits. And then we don't get any B-roll. We actually jump straight into the body of the episode where we find out that Dylan had his portion storage and he's getting it back out. And dramatically, it still has bullet holes all through it.
0: It's wild, too, because as Dylan like uncovers the tarp, he's looking at it all. You know, we get some weird shots of, of just the car in general. And then Dylan basically repairs the whole thing, which is includes but it's not limited to literally putting in a new windshield himself which i'm like where did you learn how to do all this impressive but where and washes the whole thing and drives out to some very like smooth r&b
1: jazz i was like this is weird (laughs) right i was the whole time i was like i almost feel like we should have just hand waved that and said like brandon got it replaced for him got the windshield replaced and then like got it washed, and then put it underneath the tarp in the storage place, so it's fine. Right. right. But I guess I like that Dylan gets to replace it. I Yeah. I take that back. I think I would like it more if I felt like it was actually doing anything for him, but he just seems to be in pain.
0: Yeah, it just seems like a big pile of grief, right, like that he hasn't been able to do yet, and as we see by the end of the episode, he still doesn't really get to do.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's apparently neither here nor there because we have to jump Mm -hmm. back to the hospital where we find out that the doctor tells Mm -hmm. Kelly and Jackie that grandpa may be on the ventilator permanently. And Jackie is so proud of Kelly. She's like, you saved his life. You did the right thing. And that's really all we see because then we have to skip over to now where this. Yeah. Where some youths come in youths Mm.
0: yes and of course i was like classic tv trope of make them look punk or like slightly goth or grunge or whatever you know was the i guess token gang member wear of the 90s of the late 90s i'm like okay we're supposed to believe that these girls are up to no good
1: (laughs) well and it's like yeah they came in looking all grungy when donna's literally selling a cardigan to somebody
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: that is not the vibe of now wear this
0: Mm -hmm. well and two it's like they immediately call each other like bitches they throw up a sign they like attempt to steal badly some sunglasses and they are and i'm so sorry for these young girls who are in this episode horrible actors
1: (laughs) I just really, I don't know what you can do with the lines of, yo, right? there's a mouse. Where you been, bitch?
0: <laughs> fair. Very fair. <laughs> and like, I tried to recreate that sign that they did. Couldn't do it. This one? I don't know. Was it that, though? Because I feel like there was I, another finger it, that like, it might have been in there.
1: <laughs> this is great for an audio a podcast? medium. podcast
0: <laughs> well, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I laughed so hard when Gina walks up to Donna's like, did you see this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And she just straight up calls them gangbangers. I'm like, my God, you guys are clearly two white women. Like
1: (laughs) my favorite part is, yeah. Gina is like, so scared of these teenagers. She's like, Mm -hmm. actually we're closing. And then Donna just Completely misses that they're stealing sunglasses and stuff from her. And she's like, no, they wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Which turns out one of them does feel bad about doing it. And she brings the glasses back.
0: Yeah. Just
1: great. <laughs> I just – it's, it took me a minute to realize. It was like, it's Christmas. It's Donna. Mm-hmm. I know what we're getting. We're getting Angel on Earth, if ever there was. And then I just thought about the stars. I was like, I wonder what the stars are doing right now.
0: Right? And what they're thinking.
1: (laughs) They're just like, we knew it all along. Mm -hmm. It was good we saved that school bus full of children for Donna.
0: (laughs) Maybe those kids were on that bus. Oh, my God. It all comes full circle.
1: Okay. So then there's the most awkward scene. Like – this is what yeah. I mean when I think David should have been used in the Kelly storyline mm-hmm. because turns out Samantha has agreed to be on David's show. He's at the beat talking to Steve and Janet, mostly Steve. And Steve is still upset that his mother has come out to him. He's like, "She was with Arnold Arnold for so long." Mm-hmm. Like well, what is
0: And like yeah, like that doesn't mean anything. Like that this is clearly like very much a um probably accurate depiction of what people assumed being gay was like in the 90s mm-hmm. right they were like but you were with a hetero person you know you you raised a family like that has anything to do with anything and steve goes so far as to say that oh well samantha's a chameleon she just changes based on what she wants and i'm like god this is a bad look and then of course it doubles down doubles down doubles down
1: <laughs> well and I think David is picking up on Steve's bad behavior because he turns to this man, talking mm. about this man's mother, and says, Aren't lesbians hot? Right. That's what
0: I'm saying. Like this whole scene was just bad. Because yeah, like David's like, hang on a minute, Steve. Lesbians are hot. And Steve's like, Not my mother, you know? Like, and and I'm like, that's a bad way to get him to look at this as a good thing. Like that it's just Again, another probably accurate depiction of what people assumed gayness was like in the 90s, but still, it was disgusting, and then of course, like, because Steve's so pissed off, some other paper calls for Steve wanting to talk about Samantha, and he basically then just lets slip that he's also adopted.
1: Yeah, which I really think that Steve should have thought of. I mean, he mm-hmm. runs a tabloid; he might be new to this, but, like, taking that spin where he's like, yeah, get your facts straight, she's not my biological mother i was adopted like Mm -hmm. of course they're gonna take the she's not my mother piece of it because you literally said it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and i don't like that steve calls the guy a vulture because you're literally doing doing the the same
0: thing thing. i know literally
1: the idea
0: yeah it's like he also calls that paper or another paper i don't remember if it was one in the same a rag and i'm like steve what have you become what is your
1: paper i know (laughs) Your paper used to be a legitimate paper.
0: Yep. And you know what? Whenever I saw that gang in the previous uh, scene, all I could think of is Brandon would be foaming at the mouth, wanting to do a story about 15-year-olds who get caught up in
1: gangs. Well, there you go. What would Brandon do in this episode (laughs) would be Brandon would talk to Sonia. He'd help her get out of the gang without having to, you know, be called rat and mouse and bitch yeah exactly like and he would probably help steve understand what he's going through
0: a hundred percent because also like just a short season ago we also got to experience a gay couple trying to adopt a child and so brandon was all over that you know my god
1: we literally wrote about like positive homosexuality in this newspaper and now steve is Mm -hmm. where he is yep Which, it's just because it's his mom, and if he had taken any time to think about this from, like, a very personal perspective and have a conversation, it would have gone differently. But we're just going to let Steve get away with being a piece of garbage. Exactly. So we go back to the hospital where Kelly has basically been there nonstop, it seems. She's sleeping on a couch, and Matt wakes her up. With antlers on his head that he got from pediatrics, and I find it really irresponsible that any hospital would just let a random man walk through the children's ward, but okay. See,
0: and I just was like, oh my God, how adorable.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> I know is what they were going for. They were like, <laughs> yeah. let's make every viewer's uterus just like contract.
2: Mm-hmm. So, at this point in the episode, I started a list of reasons why I kind of like Matt. And number one is he's just
0: a silly little guy. He's a goofball. Like, he's so awkward and goofy. Like, that's why. And then, of course, his dimples. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, truly, if like the guy that I knew liked me and we were still in that like butterflies stage showed up and like woke me up while wearing antlers over Christmas, I think that'd be adorable.
0: Exactly. Like, and he just, and the fact that he's also been there for her, like at the hospital, you know? So I'm not saying like Matt is perfect or that he is a better boyfriend than Brandon would have been or Dylan would have been or anything like that. I just kind of like him.
1: You know, I will say that for the gang every time that any of them has something to do with a hospital, which is frequent,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they all go, they all go visit and spend time and support each other.
0: That's true. I will say
1: that for them. Not much else as a gang of (laughs) people, but I'll give them that.
0: Well, and while we're at the hospital, like, he apparently had gotten an update from Jackie. um, So he's staying on top of it, too, even independent from Kelly, which is also sweet. But then, of course, it can't be a perfect situation because um, as Matt's walking out, he sees this guy, and I swear he looked so familiar
1: I was like, Same. this guy has
0: the most familiar face. And I just, I went through his IMDb credits and it's like, he was in a couple episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it was like the later seasons, a couple episodes of a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, this guy just has a familiar face.
1: Yeah. I wonder, cause we just watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I wonder if that's why I recognized him.
0: Yeah. But yeah, he sees this guy and he talks, basically talks to Matt about doing, helping with a deposition, um and possibly representing a tobacco company. And of course, right in this moment, Kelly overhears, hears that my grandfather has emphysema, and you're sitting here defending the product that gave him emphysema. And I mean, I do appreciate in this moment, because sometimes like if you're in an emotional argument, you don't want to hear somebody like lawyer speak you, or give you that kind of like, it's just not what you need in the moment, right? But I kind of appreciate that Matt was like, when Kelly's like, you wouldn't understand. And he's like, because of your grandfather's situation, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. he's like, I know that this is a different viewpoint. And I'm going to call that out. And I appreciate that. And he's like, I'm not even going to try to explain it. Because it's just there, We're not going to agree here. <laughs>
2: that was number two on my reasons I like Matt list, <laughs> is that he didn't fall into the Kelly moral trap. Yep. He was just like, no, your internal biases are going to skew this argument. So I'm not going to have it with you. Yes. Like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Way That's to right. handle it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was I... a very like calm, you know, level-headed explanation without an explanation because there wasn't any explanation that was going to make Kelly happy.
1: I mean, it's almost like somebody that has already been through their early 20s because he's been through law school and had a job as a lawyer mm-hmm. and has not been surrounded by these people since they were 14 or younger. Right. Has a better outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut ahead to that night and Dylan pulls up in the Porsche. A bunch of guys are outside with beers talking about how great his car is and all I could think of was... The fact that you let people take their beers outside the front door, right? This is why you're always in trouble. This is why the pee pad is a dangerous place to be.
0: It also was just kind of hilarious that, like, as soon as Dylan parks, these guys were like moths to a flame, like just flocked to him. They're like, "Oh my god, this car!" I I was like, "Why is this scene so dumb and so funny?"
1: (laughs) It was. It was like the uh, what are they pigeons? or no the seagulls in finding new yes. others like mine they just yeah they wanted to be by the porsche
0: exactly and then we go inside and you know we run into gina who's trying to get noah's attention because she wants a drink and there's a bunch of other guys like a ton of people at this bar like it made it took me back into my college days where it was like impossible <laughs> to get a drink because you're like four people deep at the bar um but yeah like She's trying to get Noah's attention, not just for a drink, but also to ask him on a date.
1: (laughs) And it's like, it feels like it is like Saturday night at midnight at the club. Like, yeah, it is busy. Noah's working very slowly behind the bar. You can see it. Mm -hmm. But I truly love when Dylan walks up behind Gina and he's like, I can tell you're trying to date him. Like, we can all see what you're doing.
0: Yeah. When he's like, he rejected you like stop talking i'm like (laughs) and then he immediately he immediately gets thrown a beer (laughs) i'm like man dylan is like boss move after boss move
1: (laughs) well it's so funny to me that he gets thrown this beer and is just like real chill just like getting back into this but then he goes over to noah to tell him about how this like drunk guy he's like hey this guy Mm. over here's bad news he wants to start a fight and noah's like don't tell me i already knew that get away
0: Yeah, right? He's like, great, I'll check in with you next time I, you know, do my next thing. I'm like, what is this?
1: Yeah, it was like five seconds of being best friends. And then as soon as Dylan opened his mouth, he was like, I forgot I hated you. Yeah, right? (laughs) But then that drunk guy that Dylan pointed out goes over to Gina and does that thing I hate when you see a tattoo on a pretty girl and you just start brushing her hair to the side, being mm-hmm. like, ooh, what's this? Don't touch her without her permission.
0: Exactly. And like she rightfully is like, um, do not touch me. And then he basically like calls her a skank because of that tattoo. And
1: it's a one.
0: Yeah, it's just as number one. Like there was nothing skanky about it. Like and again, this is why she is there. Ba- this is the Valerie replacement because that is exactly where uh Val's flower tattoo is yep anyway this is the only time in the whole episode i like gina because he she just pours a drink in this guy's face and totally like stands up for herself defends herself but then (laughs) when he starts to go after her and noah takes a baseball bat and bangs it on the bar
1: (laughs) i was dying i loved it and then gina's face she was just like (laughs) We need to go to the office right now.
0: <laughs> right? Like I'm like, you're turned on by that? <laughs> it was <gasps>
1: perfect. What did he
0: what did Noah say? He's like, uh what did he, he just like bats it against the bar and he's like, Step away or you're
1: gonna wish I called the cops or something like that. It was so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I don't, I see the thing is, I don't remember because the next thing that happens is David tries to pull Dylan away and Dylan's like, keep Noah out of my face. Like, what is this fight? Who is fighting with whom?
0: Exactly. It just felt so aggressive on all accounts. And then what leads to even more aggression is that guy, plus all the same friends that flocked to this Porsche earlier were like, let's trash it. Let's just beat the hell out of this car. For absolutely no reason. And oh, by the way, I have a switchblade in my pocket.
1: Okay. Someone in the props department got a switchblade for this episode and was like, we need to use it as much as possible. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense that this guy, after like one woman who he would just be like, oh, that stupid bitch, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. it makes no sense that he would have gone outside, done all of this stuff, slashed the tires, broken the headlights. And then getting into an actual fight with Dylan, where he takes the knife and holds it up to the guy.
0: And threatens them with, only one of us is afraid to die here. Like, Like, and I gotta admit, like, I know Dylan is is the quote that I can never say. Um,
1: (laughs) Mad, bad, and dangerous to know. Thank
0: you. But (laughs) he... I kind of always love it when he's in turmoil. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because Luke Perry was just so good at it that I'm like, yeah, only one of
1: them is afraid to die right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I do think that this, the group is all got their own problems but Dylan is the best unhinged one he is the best at you know hitting rock bottom going on a bender saying things like only one of us is afraid to die and it actually being believable like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know I feel like half the time if Noah said it I wouldn't believe him because Mm -hmm. Noah despite spiraling and being an alcoholic for the past couple episodes is completely sober behind the bar
0: yeah he seems for all intents and purposes quote-unquote fine
1: yeah which that n- rarely happens mm-hmm. with Dylan. And it's usually got a catalyst like Tony.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and speaking of, like, moving straight into the next scene, we're at David's house and Dylan is working on the car again trying to fix it. And Noah just shows up. I'm like, wait, does Noah live there now? Like, I, I'm i pretty sure this was only a two bedroom. But mm-hmm. I don't – no, he lives at the Walsh house.
1: Yeah. No, he stopped by to bring David a contract, which I right. guess was a release – for
0: Samantha to S- do Samantha, the show. I think. Yeah. But it
1: makes no sense that Noah would bring it to David. Like, right. why wouldn't the record company just send it right to David?
0: Exactly. And so when he's there, like, Dylan doesn't want his help. Like, obviously, like, they don't like each other. And Noah then points out a bullet hole in the seat that he doesn't know is a bullet hole. And, of course, that triggers, like, this flashback for Dylan of of the Tony situation. And, like... In this moment, I don't blame Noah because he didn't know. No. But also, like, he's just kind of being there when Dylan doesn't want him there. So I'm like, why would you just kind of avoid Dylan? I I don't know. But then, like, then he makes it worse when Dylan reacts poorly. He just insults him. He's like, well, I know a car guy. And then when Dylan doesn't accept it, he just kind of insults him. I'm like, what? I What? Right. And
1: I will say that it seems pretty clear to me that this may be the first time that the friends are not just blowing each other up. Like right. the fact that Noah does not know everything about Dylan's past
0: mm-hmm. is a very
1: interesting development in how these people talk about each other. Right. But Yeah. They're like Dylan clearly refuses to get the leather replaced where Tony died. And yeah. I get that. Totally yeah, understand. Sure. Maybe deal with it in therapy instead of yelling at people.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he just got this car out of storage yesterday, so, it, you know, it's like he really wouldn't have had time to, like, change the upholstery of the car, even if he wanted to.
1: I'm amazed he had a 1956 Porsche uh, windshield ready to go. Right?
0: Exactly. But yeah, so then we move back to the TV station, and I think this is by far the worst scene
1: of oh gosh. the
0: entire episode. Steve... Goes to see Samantha, and Samantha like basically sees the tabloids that have now outed her to basically the world, and this is where Steve is like, "Oh, that's a rag," and I'm like, "Oh my God, Steve! Like you never actually hear the words that you say." Mm-hmm. Um, and now like Samantha is explaining that her own co-stars are starting to treat her differently, like her, you know, on-screen husband doesn't want to kiss her because I guess he thinks that she would find it uncomfortable even though that's her decision, not his. Um, and of course, then it gets back to her that Steve said he was adopted. And she's like, what, what did you think that would do? Like, what did you think that would do for me, for you, for all of it?
1: Mm-hmm. And I just think she must be so disappointed in him at all times mm-hmm. because she asked him, she's like, what kind of mom did you want me to be? Do you want me to bake cookies? Do you want me to run on the PTA? Do you want me to be a Girl Scout leader? And then Steve not even under his breath in an immediate response is like the Girl Scouts wouldn't let you.
0: I could not believe that that was allowed to be said.
1: Blew my mind. Like, Yeah. And she should have kicked him out immediately. She should have been like, 100%. I don't have time for you. Come talk to me when you feel like you can talk to me because you clearly right. can't.
0: Well, and it was like, I did write my notes. Holy shit, Steve. But then immediately after I was like, Truly, though, who is surprised by his actions here? And I think that's mm. that's what I get so disappointed about with Steve, the character, is Ian Ziering is very good. We've always praised him. We've always liked him. But what they have done with Steve over the past nine seasons is just flat. Like, we've saying. always talked about how you know you get one step forward a million steps back and so you're constantly fighting this uphill battle with trying to just prove that steve is even just a barely decent human being and like i was talking to nate last night i was like one of the reasons this show sucks is at least now is because you don't have your main character anymore give him a horrible send-off and so presumably the next most senior character who male character is steve and you can't write him out of a paper bag like you cannot physically make him a better person and the time it took for Brandon to leave right mm-hmm. and so I just get so frustrated at the fact that Steve constantly shows us who he is and who he who he is is a terrible human
1: and I feel like he had such a chance here like yeah he could have had the Beverly beat him and Janet had this real moment where they're like we need to do something drastic because mm-hmm. Brandon's gone and he wrote literally this entire paper every single week but then actually do it instead of cop out the way they did and -hmm. that would have given Steve so much opportunity for growth he could have real storylines instead of acting like a baby
0: right exactly a hundred percent
1: it it makes me so mad and I'm really curious actually who came up with this idea of just like
0: yeah because again it's like I still can't believe that they let the words be spoken. They wouldn't let you like the writing staff, the network, like, and maybe it was because fear of homophobia was, or sorry, fear of homosexuals was a better reaction than just straight up homophobia. Like, and, and I know that's weird because it's like the same thing, right? Homophobia is a fear of homosexuals. But my point is, is like, it was easier to get it approved that somebody was uncomfortable by it than it was that somebody was comfortable by it and so maybe that's why but i'm like how in the world did that line get dropped because this show was so influential it had a real chance to like make a positive impact on people's lives and shape narratives and shape the way that people view things and so to me that just kind of furthers the divide and furthers the intolerance so i just Mm. i really hated that
1: yeah, my only hope is that if they're putting it in there, they're like, but we have something better coming that's going to make it mm-hmm. all worth it. We promise you just have to let us do this, right. which I doubt is the case because everything gets nosed to hell in yeah. you know, broadcast TV. But then I also was looking on the Wikipedia article for like just all of the episodes and it had their Nielsen ratings and the ratings are so low at this point. They're about really? what they were in season one. Like early season one. They're at like 10 when they were peaking at like 25. Wow. And yeah, maybe they were trying to do some drastic things to drum up viewership again, but it's not working. It's really not. Clearly. And, you know, I guess kind of speaking of that, we go back to the hospital where Matt is walking around. You can see he's in a suit and a tie. He's like fully gotten on board with this guy he ran into earlier about making money which mm-hmm. we, I think we glazed over it at the beginning. Matt, when he first went to go see Kelly, was straight up like, I'm still really poor. I'm not mm-hmm. working right now. I'm just billing. Yep. And he looks miserable. This woman who's in the elevator with him is like, I was working with this patient, couldn't help but overhear you, and I want you to know you're scum.
0: hmm
1: And it gets really weird. Kelly's there, and she's – I don't remember even what led up to this, but I wrote in quotations, something's burning. You don't lean in and suck on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's basically like, she's like, I'm happy to see you, but I really hate what you're doing. And he tries to explain that he, like, represents all types of clients, like, no matter what. And I guess he tries to make the point of, like, I don't know, he brings out his cigarettes. And I think this is where Kelly's like, you smoke? You know, which is like... She's trying How to is she say, not I, seen? Well, yeah, exactly. Or smelled it on him, right? Like, he literally smoked right before he walked into this anyway. And yeah. And so he, like, pulls out the cigarettes, and now she believes that, like, he represents all bad things, right? Like, and he's like, well, no, I represent all types of clients, and she tries to get him to admit that he – wouldn't aid in a bet if somebody was like trying I don't know I didn't understand this argument because she was like what if somebody was like gonna murder somebody would you help them I'm like what <laughs> you got that
1: from that
2: <laughs> girl that is not a thing
1: yeah, <laughs> right? that's not like, what lawyers do <laughs> I really wish she was like I'm a defender yeah
2: yeah I was just like girl people do not lawyer up before they commit crimes exactly. they do it after <laughs>
1: I also, this is meaningless, but I really wish when he pulled out the cigarette pack that it's like how they are now with the warnings, and especially Mm. how they are in Europe with the warnings, where it's like a full-on like cancerous lung just on the thing, being like, "This will kill you." Yeah. But no, he's like, "Look at this. It's got this teeny tiny little warning label on it."
0: Yeah, it's okay. And I was like, "No, there's no warning there."
1: I think I saw something recently that they're now putting the warnings on the cigarettes themselves too.
0: Oh, whoa. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Very interesting change from 1998 till now.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: But yeah, all this to say is like Matt is clearly miserable. He's doing this because he needs money. And it kind of seems like Kelly's doing her Kelly thing, but also a little bit of Donna being like no money is worth not doing the right thing.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And yeah, I mean, speaking of Donna doing the right thing. We go back to the boutique where that same girl comes in from before who is like returned the sunglasses and she must try and address for her 15th birthday. Gina is totally sus and is like you have to check her bag when she leaves, which Donna is like, No, I'm keeping an eye on her. But Val literally stole the dress from right under your nose. So, like, you know it's possible. Yep. Despite the fact that this girl has no money and can't pay for it and Donna knows nothing about her. She takes pity on her and lets her take the dress and she'll work it off later.
0: Which we all know this will end poorly, but it is perfectly aligned with Donna's character. So it's
1: fine. (laughs) Perfectly. It's really honestly giving me vibes of that one episode where she was, it was when she was talking to the woman on the rose court and she took her shift and then met that Mm. like single mom and her kid. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like that where Donna is just doing the thing, whether or not it's the like appropriate thing to do,
0: right? Right.
1: I will say though that I actually really like that Donna's dresses are expensive. Like I think Dude. it's important that she knows the value of a designed and like personalized dress.
0: Yeah. When I saw it, it was 120 bucks, I was like, okay, Donna. Especially because thinking about how much that would be now, you know. So
1: right. Yeah. This is not going to like Charlotte Russe and getting a 7.99 dress.
0: No. I have not heard that storefront name in a long time
1: i don't know why that's the one that came to me (laughs) well because you knew it was cheap i shopped there very frequently i could probably still like get to it in my mind map at north point mall oh that's funny so then we go back to the hospital again where it turns out that grandpa like is fully pulling his own ventilator out like jackie says that he's being disoriented and that's why they did it but i think he knows exactly what he's doing to the point that the hospital staff has strapped him to the bed
0: and like they are super upset about that because they think it's i guess just just wrong right like you know that he's not dangerous but it's like no he i mean he is dangerous in the sense that he pulled out his own breathing tube it's not that he's dangerous like in a psychiatric way right like he's not mm-hmm. trying to harm himself it's just he he did harm himself so they have to take extra precautions
1: yeah and this is getting to be too much for kelly she's realizing she's keeping him alive for the wrong reasons and mm-hmm. that this is not the life that he should be living with a tube down his throat and tied to a bed yep and at the perfect timing this is when dylan shows up and kelly loves to use dylan as an escape and he loves to be that escape so yep. He takes her to a park and then go play on swings.
0: Yep. And this is basically another situation where Kelly's trying to ask him questions. He avoids it. And I don't care how messed up he is. I still love him. <laughs> and he is still so him. charming to me.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, just like taking her to a swing set where we've seen them go to a playground and like hang yeah. out before. This feels yeah. very real in, like, a sense that I've done this, in a sense that they've done this on the show before, mm-hmm. and even if she doesn't really want to talk about it, Dylan says, like, your grandfather is dying. Like, mm-hmm. that is isn't an inevitable, and you're just going to have to accept it in a very Dylan way of it's either going to be your way that he dies or his way that he dies. Right. And then he goes home to work on the car where Gina shows up with brew and pizza and ice cream.
0: I just... The desperation. The desperation has started.
1: (laughs) I I love when Dylan slides out and is like, was your first boyfriend a hillbilly because you showed up with beer and a low cut top? Try harder.
0: Right? Like, I'm like, Dylan, who died and made you sassy? And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't make that joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But see, this is why it would be believable that he spent three years with Brenda in the London – theater scene like true that would make sense that he picked up the sass from there
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but he keeps doling out advice for some reason and he tells he like Gina tells him that she used to be an ice skater Mm
0: -hmm. and he
1: asks if she was good he's like legitimately I want to know were you good and her answer is that she finished a three-minute program with a broken ankle which doesn't tell us if she's good or not it just tells us that she's either being manipulated by her coaches or she's insane
0: yeah exactly and like but he the thing with that too is like he kind of negs her about this he's like but did you win you know it's like he kind of like essentially says like you're a fraud a little bit and of course he's like she still likes this like she likes the bad boy she always likes the bad boy and then he starts to lecture her about the situation with donna and with noah and i loved when he was like why noah
1: (laughs) i mean really why
0: why (laughs) and you know it's clear like obviously she's always been about she wants what donna has right like that's been her mo since she got to
1: town yeah and she also mentions that in skating everybody wanted what she has so that kind of explains how she's brought that to real life and dylan tells her he's like Look, her happiness does not take away from you, like mm-hmm. we're just gonna make a bigger pie instead of having to take pieces of the pie for ourselves,
0: right, exactly,
1: and then you tell her to get the tattoo removed, which sounds really painful. I would much rather just cover it up personally,
0: yeah, exactly like i I don't understand why there's that had to do with whatever I guess she's easily <laughs> manipulated is my takeaway,
1: yeah, I mean I. It's just a silly tattoo they put on her for this one episode for this one thing. Mm -hmm. It's so pointless. Yep. So we go back to the hospital where we find out that Grandpa is now not eating. In addition to pulling out his tube and being tied to the bed, they want to put a feeding tube through his nose because he will not take care of himself. And And Jackie Jackie
0: cannot with that.
1: She, she was literally like, so oh, upset. God. Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, and Jackie. I mean, fair, but, like, you already insisted that they intubate mm-hmm. him, and they were like, yeah, he's going to need a chalkboard to talk to you forever.
0: hmm Exactly.
1: And doctor is upset that they won't do the feeding tube. He's like, if he doesn't get the feeding tube, he gets weaker, he gets pneumonia again, we have to intubate again, it's all going to repeat the cycle. And they're finally just like, We got to take him out of here. We got to take him home. We got to put him in hospice. This isn't it. Yep. Okay. So then we cut back to the boutique. There's a lot of jumping around here at this point where Noah has brought Chinese food. He's brought Donna her dinner and Gina joins the little group to ask more about Dylan. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the point where Donna finally reveals to everybody that Dylan used to be married and his wife's family was in criminal activity. She got caught mm-hmm. up in the crossfire and died in his arms after being shot in his car. Yeah, And then Noah's like, oh my God, I stuck my finger in the bullet holes.
0: Well, right? like He was like, I pointed out those bullet holes in the car. I mean, I do appreciate Noah actually realizing like what he did and then feel- feeling bad about it because like – he couldn't have known, but so it's mm-hmm. actually nice to see him react in an empathetic way instead of just getting mad, like, Well, how was I supposed to know? you know, like something like that, which we've become accustomed to seeing Noah do. Um, but again, it was one of those things where I'm like, Ah, yeah, here's a friend relaying everybody's dirty laundry to the rest of the group.
1: Mm -hmm. At least she waited until it had already blown up on other people's face before she was like, oh, Dylan's back. Let me tell you about how we had to have an intervention for Dylan. And then as soon as he cleaned up, he met this woman and he wanted to go after her for murdering his father. But that's a whole different story.
0: True. Good point.
1: God, nobody knows about his dad, too, all these new people. I know. Didn't even think about that. So we go over to Casa Walsh, which I feel weird – Calling it the Walsh house still, even though it yeah. says Walsh on the front door
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there's not a single Walsh in there.
0: I know. But
1: apparently Steve called in sick. He lied to Janet, which I have issues with. Mm-hmm. But Samantha comes to see him. She's like, oh, I heard you were sick. I wanted to come check on you, but you don't look sick and you don't have a fever either. And he did all this because
0: he's embarrassed by the rumors because now steve is the victim
1: yeah no he starts attacking her she tells him that she got fired she's like Mm -hmm. they're writing the mother out because nobody wants a a homosexual in their living room certainly not you Mm -hmm. like okay samantha snaps for you standing up for yourself
0: go off queen
1: but then Steve tries to throw it back at her and he's like, "Why did you get married? Why did you adopt a kid in the first place?" I'm like, are we really imagining that gay people don't want babies when we literally saw that happen? Like, right. I mean, also, they're humans and humans love to procreate. That's literally what we're put on this planet to do half the time. But right. Like, the idea that he's like, "When lesbians can't want babies, there's no penis involved."
0: Yeah. And and again, it's like such a such a old way of thinking that you can't have been married to a man for X amount of years and then later, you know, realize that you're gay. Like, like that's some foreign concept that is just absolutely impossible and improbable, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and so this is the point when she says she gets written off the show because people aren't comfortable with having a gay woman on a sitcom. I actually looked this up of when Ellen did it, when Ellen came out on Mm -hmm. her sitcom and so that was in April of 1997. Mm. And so we know how she was treated in 1997 in real life. Like Steve cannot really think that his mom yeah. could have come out before he was born and lived right. a like, true life in Hollywood.
0: Totally. Totally. Well, but Steve doesn't think like that. He only thinks No, he's only like thinking about himself. himself. Yeah.
1: No, he makes me so mad because he just – he doesn't get better. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's now doing this to Janet and Janet, who is an angel on earth as well, having to deal with this. I hate when he does this to these girls.
0: Well, and it's the same thing of like, they made him horrible for 98% of the episode. And then in the last 2%, he gets to have a line that is the final thing you remember the episode by. Right? And it's so annoying. Like, I kind of just want to jump to that because I think that's the last time we have Samantha and Steve. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know it's the last episode, or or it's one of the last scenes, but I'll just skip to the Samantha-Steve part. Basically, Mm -hmm. at the pee pad that night, Samantha goes to see Steve, and then he encourages her to do David's show. I guess he's had time to think about all the shit he said to her, and all the stuff that she said to him. And basically, he says, like, oh, I love you, and you have so many fans, like, la-la-la. He pulls a complete 180. And suddenly now he's proud of not just her, but who she is. And I can't. Like, I can't. It is so disingenuine. It is so unbelievable that this turnaround would happen.
1: Well, and there should have been a scene to show it. Like, he he does all this. He sends her to go into David's booth, which, by the way, David literally turns off the music and you don't hear anything other than him introducing Samantha randomly. Mm -hmm. Blows my mind that this radio station gives him a job. But after she leaves and does that, Steve turns to Noah and Matt, his roommates, so this could have happened at home over breakfast, and is like, yeah, that's my mom. She's gay. And they're just like, cool. That's cool. She's a really cool lady. Like, Mm -hmm. why did that have to happen after he had the turnaround? I think it should have happened before where, yeah, she does this, you know, where she comes to the house and says that she's lost her job. He's sitting there brooding and then the two other guys come in and are just like dude who cares like she's your mom do you love her did you love her two weeks ago before you knew
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but no you're right there's uh, it makes no sense that he would have this revelation on his Mm own 100 percent. and the thing is you know next week he's gonna do another silly thing and we're gonna hate him again
0: yep exactly
1: but to cut back to real time we're back at the boutique and Gina is not so subtly trying to get information out of Donna. She's just mm-hmm. like, so why did Dylan and Kelly not work out? And Donna's just like, Kelly is your business partner and or my business partner and your roommate. Back off.
0: Yeah. And I love that because it's like we don't have – enough of that, like the true loyalty between the friends, like it's usually just like, oh, I'll tell you everybody's secret. It doesn't really matter. You'll find out eventually. So it might as well be for me. But in this case, it's like Gina's trying to find out about Dylan and Kelly and she's just like, nope, I don't really have much to say. Like I'm her friend and if she wants to tell you about it, she can tell you about it.
1: Yeah. But we don't see any follow up in this because the gang bangers, quote unquote, (laughs) come back in and the girl holds up the dress and they're like, it was messed up when she bought it. So she's returning it and you're not going to get any money. And then another switchblade comes out and they just stab the dress.
0: Yep. They just rip it right in front of her and leave. <laughs> That's it.
1: Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm telling you, somebody got a prop knife and was so excited to use it. Mm-hmm. And then then
0: we go over to David's, where Kelly comes by to see Dylan to basically tell him about her grandpa's being released, but that he's going to die. Like, because he's not going to go into hospice care and he's not going to have any, like, you know, home health nurse or something like that. It's just straight up, he's being released. Um, They say some things about smoking being an addiction, but it really, there's, like, undertones about Dylan being (laughs) an addiction for Kelly. Yep. And they're, like, holding hands. And I kind of was distracted every single time we saw Dylan's hand because you can see that he clearly mashed his finger in, like, a door or something because his fingernail is black. And we know Dylan doesn't paint his nails.
1: Um, See,
0: and I saw that. I saw that,
1: I think, because I remember this. I'm having memory now that I was like, Dylan wouldn't paint his nails, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of hot.
0: Actually, <laughs> Well, it's like he's been working on the car so much, guaranteed, just in filming, he just probably smashed his finger in a door or under something or something like that. But every time they showed his hands, I couldn't stop looking at it. So forgive me if I didn't hear a lot of dialogue between these two.
1: I mean, that's basically what it was, is she was like, yeah, smoking's an addiction. And Dylan was just like, you know what else is an addiction? <laughs> <laughs> He says that it's not good for her, and she says they don't that she doesn't care, and then they kiss. Yeah. And this was the point when she shows up at her brother's house
0: mm-hmm. to
1: not talk about her issues and her family with her brother. Yeah, that I realized. It's like we have just completely forgotten about that. We don't care anymore.
0: Exactly. And where's baby Aaron? And you know, like, who cares? Jackie has no one cares. One, yeah, Jackie has one kid. Like, that's it.
1: <laughs> I swear, they really just, like, backtracked the whole thing. They were mm-hmm. like, new writer's room, we don't care about it. We don't want to address exactly.
0: it. Well, so, and then much later on, it's nighttime and Dylan's asleep and he has night terrors. I felt I so bad felt, for
1: him. I felt so bad. And then it's really weird that Noah wakes him up and it's just like the door was open. It's like, okay, did Kelly literally leave the door open when she left or was it just right? unlocked? Yeah. Because I would also fully buy that the gang all has copies of each other's keys.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, or knows where the hide a key is, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was it was really weird that Noah ran in and, you know, Dylan kind of runs out of the room. He's all sweaty. He goes to get coffee and Dylan's like, he tries to, I guess, appeal to him in a way by saying like, hey, I know what it's like. Um, I didn't know about the car stuff, but I do know what it's like to have night terrors. You know, he And then he just lays out like my dad killed himself and it's been haunting me or whatever. And Dylan's just not like that's not what he needs. He doesn't need somebody to relate to him. He doesn't need somebody to kind of like be a shoulder for him. And so he just starts ripping up a box to write for sale for his car.
1: Yeah. And Noah kind of just drops it. When Dylan pushes back on him and is just like, I don't care. I don't want to hear what you're talking about. Noah's like, all right, man, whenever you're ready. And then, yeah, Dylan goes outside and puts his car for sale. And I feel like if anybody saw him doing this, they should have stopped him. This is totally an emotional reaction that he shouldn't be having in this moment. Or, I mean, mean, he should be having he shouldn't action on.
0: Exactly. Because if that had been Kelly, if that had been David, if that had been Donna, you know, like – even steve i mean maybe not because steve doesn't pick up on things too well but like if it had been any of the original people who have literally seen dylan have this car since he was 16 years old saw him do this like with no care in the world they would be like whoa 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 what's going on here like you can't sell this car and that might finally get dylan to open up a little bit it might not but it might not make him sell the car
1: yeah i feel like someone should have been like let's Put the tarp back on this. We're clearly not ready. Let's go buy you a Corolla.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So we go back to the hospital again. And I think I just want to wrap up the grandpa stuff at this point because it's it's pretty straightforward here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Where we find out that Matt is visiting grandpa. Very adorable. And we also find out that Matt has quit smoking about 18 hours ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jackie and Kelly come in. And Matt's like, oh, I'll leave you guys alone. I'll come back later. They're like, that's not going to work out because we actually got him released and it's time to go home. And I love grandpa going, well, skip the goodbyes. Where are my pants?
0: I know. (laughs) If not for the, hello, this is the doctor, that might have been the quote of the week.
1: (laughs) But he's so excited and Matt gets to tell Kelly that he quit smoking and that he's not working on the tobacco case anymore. And... He tries to make a date with Kelly, and for once, she's not like, no, I'm going to date two guys at the same time. She's like, Mm -hmm. I got to not do this in this moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, She's basically like, I can't deal with this. I don't want to get into anything right now. And I do feel bad that she's kind of jerking him around a little bit. Like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: just don't date him. Like, don't string him along. Like, it's okay if you like him. I don't mind you liking him, but just... If you're not ready to commit, then don't.
1: Yeah, I think they should really be more clear with each other because he did it first. He was like, "Look, yeah. if you got to go do your Dylan thing, do it, because mm-hmm. I'll I'll just be over here." Like, well, we've got right. we'll we'll wait on it. But now he's still showing up at the hospital all the time. Like he's he's essentially just being good guy Matt, but it's clear he wants to date her and won't stop pursuing her while she's doing her Dylan thing.
0: Yeah, like as long as she keeps that door slightly open, he's going to take a chance, right?
1: Yeah, and the problem is, like you said, she's not stopping him. She likes having him there. But then Mm -hmm. if Dylan shows up at the hospital at the same time and she needs to get away, she's leaving with Dylan instead of saying, Matt, could you take me somewhere? Just away from the hospital.
0: Exactly. Well, and and that's the thing. Like Kelly and Dylan are sometimes like two – what is it? Same side of a coin or whatever that phrase is where it's like – yeah they mirror each other a lot, right? Like they've both had addiction problems. They have both had problems with talking about their stuff. Like they have both had problems dealing with things um, and kind of having people be there for them. It's like, they have their person, right? Like Dylan always had Brandon and Kelly always has Donna, but it's like, they're not always prepared to let them in and talk to them about their stuff. And so I think Matt represents stability Matt represents a solid foundation and talking about your feelings and kind of being there for each other whereas Dylan represents this escape like mm-hmm. literally he came into town and was like if you want to escape your problems like you know where to go and so it's like she wants to have both right now she wants to choose when she wants each thing and i think that's a totally human reaction so i'm not mad at kelly for that i just kind of i, I do feel bad because there's other people that are then collateral damage
1: Mm -hmm. And I do wish it was a little different because it's very similar to the Kelly-Dylan-Brandon triangles that they've had before. And Matt doesn't know. He doesn't know that he's just going to get strung along because Dylan is Dylan and everyone will go for those eyebrow wrinkles. I know, right? But the boys are neither here nor there because Jackie and Kelly end up surprising Grandpa. They decided to have Christmas early with him on the – likely chance that he will not make it to actual christmas Mm -hmm. but on top of that one of his presents is that he's gonna stay with jackie and mel instead of going to hospice so that they can spend as much time together as possible yep and at this point they did acknowledge that mel still lives with jackie and so i I got mad all over again right (laughs) i was like like, there should literally be if you're having christmas early and Aaron is like eight why is she not here? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, come on. Ugh. Oh man. But then, you know, we wrap up a couple of other things. The the girl comes back again to the boutique. She has $10 and she's tells Donna, she's like, the gang made me miss the party. They were like, you're such a baby if you go to your 15th birthday. Mm-hmm. And kind of tells a, a sob story, the pretty standard one of we were fine as long as there were after school programs. But as soon as there were no after school programs, there was nowhere to hide. And so it was either join a gang or get the shit kicked out of you. Right. And then we also do have the scene where that same night at the pee pad. So it's maybe been 24 hours since Dylan put his car up for sale. Some guy shows up with a bunch of cash and a cashier's check to buy it. And Gina's the only one that sees him and just lets him sell the car. It's just wild. Because, because she doesn't like, know.
0: Yeah, like she doesn't know. and But it's wild because that scene, it's, it's, it's almost like they needed to fill a little bit more time because she walks so slowly up to him and doesn't react at first. Like she's just kind of looking at him. And they just then talk about the fact that she's getting her tattoo removed and in three sessions it'll be gone. She wants to offer him a ride home and he's like, I'm not going home. And so she's like, okay, and just kind of leaves. And then, unfortunately, we see Dylan go over to a random trash can, and it's in some alley or some area that is definitely not a good part of the town, and he's just burning all that money. He's burning every Mm. bit of it, and some shady guy walks up to him, asks him what he's doing. Dylan straight up says he's burning his wife's ashes, which is dark as hell. and. Basically, the guy goes through a whole litany of drugs that he has, and Dylan kind of reacts when he says smack, which I didn't know was heroin, and now I do. Um, (laughs) And I guess, like, right before he burns that last 50 bucks, the guy grabs it and then gives him heroin. And I guess, I guess Dylan is gonna be all aboard the H train from now on.
1: Which heroin was his drug of choice last time, right? That was when he hmm yeah that was when he crashed the Porsche and was in his coma in the hospital Yep. okay yeah I just it's good TV and it makes me so sad
0: I know well yeah because like like we've said Luke Perry was so good at the dark he was so good at the brood and having Dylan back fills that kind of I guess not void because not every show needs a dark and twisty character that is constantly in and out of like drugs or problems or whatever but he does kind of fill a void for storylines that we're almost more curious about him than we are concerned for him because mm-hmm. where has he been what's he been doing why is he back all this kind of stuff so we're focused more on that than we are oh he's back and he's doing drugs again you know
1: yeah yeah he's been gone long enough that there's other questions here yeah. not to mention all of the continuity issues that right. they have made up of like he can't stop thinking about tony but he was also in a relationship with brenda for three years but he's also only been in a relationship with brenda for one year and now he's back with kelly but sometimes he's thinking about being with gina maybe mm-hmm. but yeah i mean that's it's a lot but i think we covered everything
0: I think we did, too. I mean, in the episode title, The Following Options, I guess it just was representing, like, all of the different ways that, you know, like, Kelly was going with either Matt or Dylan um, or Kelly and Jackie with Grandpa or um, the following options, like, with, you know, Donna's whole situation with the gang and, and that girl. And she had a couple different ways to go there. And then, of course, Dylan with the car and the drugs and all that kind of stuff. So I guess it kind of, like, was a general enough <laughs> title to cover off on everything.
1: Yeah, which sure, fine. Yeah. I'll take it. I I miss when things were a boy is a pig is a dog, and we have to sit here being like, <laughs> What does it mean? The elephant's father. <laughs> oh yeah, what is it? The father is the child of the man? Yeah. Or the child <laughs> is the father of the man. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, man, and, okay. like, tightrope, and we got literally um, Andrea on a tightrope or highwire or whatever it was dreams. called.
1: Having <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh, I miss when our hardest thing was, like, will I get into Yale or Harvard? Right? It was, like, the stress of exams. <laughs> gosh. And now we've we've got tattoo removals and multiple switchblades and a
0: baggie of heroin, you know normal stuff
1: (laughs) normal stuff okay truly though is your quote of the week hello this is the doctor
0: yes and i don't know how in (laughs) any way shape or form it could have been anything
1: else the only other things i wrote down were like stupid stuff right like yo there's mouse where you been bitch Mm -hmm. or (laughs) aren't lesbians hot
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Like, literally, I don't think I wrote down a single other quote. Like, let's see.
1: I absolutely did not. That
2: was the only one.
0: I did write down Samantha saying I did not choose to be gay. Because I feel like that's an, always been an important mm-hmm. quote-unquote debate that shouldn't be a debate. Um, And that they wouldn't let you because I was just so taken aback by it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I did also write down why Noah? <laughs>
1: I was going to say, that. why Noah? I mean, really, why Noah? <laughs> it just, it really tickles me that like former hot guy of the group comes back and new hot guy is here and he's just like, I don't see it.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> he's like, I don't it's, get it.
1: It's like when, um, gosh, is it, it's new girl when Nick does not understand how men are hot. And they have to be like, would you want to wake up in that man's body? Would you want to look like him? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, okay, you find him attractive. Like (laughs) Dylan doesn't get it. He's like, I have money. I'm hot. I live in a house with one roommate, not two.
2: (laughs) It's like he's looking in a mirror, but the mirror has a little mustache drawn on it. And he's like, I don't recognize this.
0: (laughs) Amazing.
1: Oh, man. Mary, what about you? Do you have any other quotes written down, or do you have a moment of the week other than this is the doctor?
2: This is the doctor, and throw some glasses on that
1: man, and you have a Harvey. I love him. (laughs) So with all that said, what is next week's episode?
0: All right, next week we have Season 9, Episode 10, Marathon Man. Dirty. (laughs) 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 I mean, like, that's...
1: I'm not the only one where that's the first thing that comes to mind, right?
0: True, especially now that, like, Dylan and Kelly have kissed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, we're we're going for some sexy times here, Mm -hmm. and I don't know who it's going to be because I feel like the show wants to say everybody has this amazing sexual prowess, but that's what we're going for. I feel confident. Actually, I don't feel confident because I feel like it's going to (laughs) be like, actually, it's a Bible reading marathon or, like... We're going to find out that Noah's been training for a marathon this whole time, even though he was in an alcoholic spiral and multiple car accidents.
0: Or it could be like Steve has, you know, only so much time to save the Beverly Beat because it's been labeled as a rag or something. And so he's got 12 hours to save the paper or something like that. I don't know.
1: Oh, my God. They put on a Hartley House marathon to get his (laughs) mom... Back in good graces or something.
0: Oh my god, they just make Steve watch all of Hartley (laughs) House.
1: Love your mother again.
0: Yeah. God.
2: Oh my gosh. Could you imagine if we got like another episode where he's insecure about Chucky? Oh
0: my god. (laughs) Chucky comes back after
1: eight seasons. (laughs) I almost need it.
2: Just make Steve binge Hartley House
1: and get really mad about Chucky. Yep. He's already having mommy issues. It's perfect.
0: It's perfect.
1: Okay. Well, we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at backtopodcast.
0: You can also send us emails of anything you'd like. Uh, Quotes, comments. I don't know why I said quotes, but comments, questions, anything you want at Podcast at gmail.com.
1: That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate and review, subscribe. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community. And then we can give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, skip the goodbyes, wear my pants.
0: Hello, this is the doctor.
1: I'm number one. Bye. Bye.
0: See ya.